0: They said it's actually not bad for children to see their parents argue, it's actually okay as long as they also see how you resolve the argument together. Mm. So you cannot necessarily, you don't have to like shield your children from arguments, but it's actually really powerful if they see an argument and then see also how you resolve it together and come back into Mm. connection together. Welcome to the Seeing in the Dark podcast, the podcast for the women of the ancient futures, women that see beyond eyes and know beyond mind and are here to make a change from a deep communion with the mystery of life. Seeing in the Dark is about walking paths that have not been walked before and daring to show up for the mission and dream life that is knocking on your door. My name is Nicole Nima Costeras mystic medium initiated priestess and here to take you into the mysteries of purpose power ritual and intuition may you embody your own unique essence so deeply that your vibration naturally teaches inspires and assists others let's dive in hi everyone Welcome to this week's episode in which I am sitting together with my beloved partner, Nemanja Sonero. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Nemanja Mm -hmm. and I have been in a relationship for well over five years now. And recently we did a poll on Instagram asking you what you would like to know from us. And we gave a few options and how we handle conflict was one of the winners. So we decided to answer your questions around how we handle conflict and share with you how we do that. And we First of all, maybe want to share that we are not experts at this. We argue, sometimes we don't argue well, (laughs) but we do our best. And I do feel that over the last five plus years, we learned a lot about how we can make arguments less, shorter, and better. Mm. And I think it's actually literally what you brought in love. You said, what's important is that we will learn to argue less, shorter, Mm. and better.
1: Yeah, it's very important to, outspeak speak now, of course, for my own relationship, our relationship. But I do feel in general, this is, if not the top one topic to learn in a relationship, because arguments are inevitably going to happen one way or another. So how we resolve it, how we also have the repair process is uh, essential to have a really quality relationship. Otherwise, things start to loop. Uh, resentment, everything starts to collect and many other things. So we don't want that. So learning hard to argue is definitely a skill I recommend everyone learns to have in their relationships.
0: Yes, because I think also in the process of us becoming parents now, like I remember one of the things that – I think you came with that also. I have to say guys that Nemanja is the one that usually initiates these things in our relationship. He is also the one that is, I think maybe even also very interested in relationships, communication, like Mm. how to approach that, how to develop that. So I think it was a real or something that you saw recently where they said it's actually not bad for children to see their parents argue it's actually okay as long as they also see how you resolve the argument together. Mm. So you cannot necessarily, you don't have to like shield your children from arguments, but it's actually really powerful if they see an argument and then see also how you resolve it together and come back into mm. connection together.
1: Yeah, I find this topic, of course, important for my relationship, but also for my work in coaching, just to know how to, Help people, especially men that I work with, besides a couple, but let's say men often come to me with this topic. So they have tension in the relationship. What do they do? They feel contracted. They feel they want to attack. They feel they want to defend. They feel they want to escape. So there's all these responses instead of knowing how to actually meet this moment and use it also as a moment of possibility. So it means from that something new can emerge. So using really that as an opportunity to create a better connection with your partners that are running away. So there's techniques, there's ways. And yes, what Nicole says, I believe it's very, very important to teach the children that there's nothing wrong with conflicts so we don't avoid them. By teaching them that, they will one day have an opportunity when they do get into a conflict to know how to resolve it. So we do that by ourselves, creating a beautiful way to repair that conflict and then repair so they see it I believe that's a good way for children to grow up as adults and use it in their their own lives
0: yeah so I think that we want to start this episode with saying that there is nothing wrong with conflict or arguing Mm -hmm. that it's very natural to be present in Mm -hmm. relationships love relationships friendships whatever type of relationships business relationships Yeah. yeah and I remember because when we met we pretty much from the beginning, started to go into personal development courses together. Mm. And one of the first ones that we did together was authentic relating. Mm. And I highly recommend to for everybody to go through a training as authentic relating because it completely changed my way of relating with pneumonia, but also with with friends and family and everybody I relate with in my life. And one of the things that the teachers in authentic relating always say is, conflict is connection wanting to happen and when i started to see conflict that way it started to become so much more exciting and okay to be in a conflict instead of seeing conflict as something wrong to see it as an opportunity like pneumonia said to see it as an opportunity to grow Mm -hmm. to see it as a space of possibilities to see conflict as connection wanting to happen So we actually sat down and we were talking about like, what can we share? Because there is so much to share. We could do a whole course about uh, relationships and conflict. But to the essence of it, we want to share with you today, four agreements that we have to prevent conflict. And five ways on how we solve conflict. And that is how we currently do it. So this is constantly in like, there's constant change and evolution in our agreements. Sometimes we drop agreements, sometimes new ones come in. And some we actually have since day one, I would say.
1: Yeah, in the beginning, we created our own. And of course, there was authentic relating. And then I personally started studying more imago Mago dialogue, and there's many different systems really how to approach that, but they all have the same purpose to bring you back into repair, into connection, into harmony. So it's something to experiment and see what works for you. And each relationship is unique. So eventually you want to find your own little, little story, uh, how to get there.
0: Yeah. Your own little remix, (laughs) but the essence of it all is to argue less, shorter and better. Okay, so let's start with the agreements first. First agreement that we have is actually one that came from the Authentic Relating Trainings. It's no blaming, no shaming, and no complaining. Now, it sounds easy, not easy. (laughs) I would say even up until this week, we will find ourselves complaining and blaming and sometimes shaming. But it is an agreement, meaning we will always do our best to not do that to each other. Because the moment we start blaming, shaming or complaining, we're like, we're sidetracking. We get lost.
1: Yeah. And these things appear due to various of personal reasons. And we all carry our own little triggers and traumas and what we learned from our parents' environment. So the intention setting an attention like this is, means also... You create an internal and external space where this is this is a rule, this is an agreement. So it's present in the space. So even if you don't do it always, we are somewhere in the back always aware. So by repetition, we train ourselves to have that as a as our law. So we, I'm not gonna shame you, I'm not gonna blame you, even when I'm triggered. So it's a it's a very difficult thing to do, I will say like this. <laughs> yes. And especially because we're used to For perhaps hundreds of thousands of times, we did certain things in a certain way. So I always react instead of respond. So with this, knowing there's a structure, there's an agreement, we are aware and we can remind each other when we slip. This is very important. So there's two people. yeah, And each time it gets better and better.
0: Yeah, so you can hold each other accountable when you have an agreement like that in the space. And I would say that I was a big blamer. I mean, still I can go there when I'm triggered. But I think when I'm triggered, one of my first responses is attack. Mm. So like Nemanja said at the beginning, some people maybe avoid conflict. Some people, like everybody has their own strategy. What I do in conflict and trigger, I attack. Mm. Like with anger, with blame, with cursing, with Like, this is a response in my body that I've been doing for so long that it takes me a lot of focus and practice to get that out of my system, Mm -hmm. which I think I got a lot better at until I got pregnant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is her jail escape card at the moment. (laughs) But in in these kind of situations, for example, for her, perhaps it's like, for me, I hate conflict, to be very clear. It's mainly because when I grew up, the way I grew up, I really... Literally, my body was afraid of conflict, knowing what may come. But as a grown-up, and we practice and many other things that I did, I prefer to go into a conflict because the other option is not going into it, which is actually a worse option. That is, in the end, the long runs, the ones you don't want to have because it starts to build up and explodes. So I still don't like conflicts, but I know why I need to do them, so I still go in with structure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we do our best, no blaming, no shaming, no complaining. In other words, everything that starts with you this and you that, and because of you this and you that, uh, that, getting that out as much as possible. One example, because you might wonder, okay, how do you communicate something like that then, and we, we're not going into a full course here, but one tip could be, I notice that when you say this, I feel sad in my belly. Instead of saying, and you this, and you this.
1: Instead of, you made me sad, you made me this. You say, I feel sad. So you share your experience, what's happening inside instead of aiming at the other.
0: Exactly. So instead of blaming the other, you communicate vulnerably how you feel inside in that moment.
1: Yeah. And I can say this, at least from my perspective, also as a man who is very Mm -hmm. sensitive to uh, attacks and, and shaming and blaming. I can really receive her much more when she shares from her own vulnerability and experience, like "Oh, I feel sad because this and this happened." And I know the difference. Instead of she comes like "You made me sad," so that's a very different thing. And with that, I usually I, I now do I do differently, much better. But I feel I can receive her so much better when she shares what's actually happening within her.
0: Yeah. So instead of me saying, you didn't do this and I want you to do this and you're not taking care of me, la, la, I just say, hey, love, I notice that I feel really insecure uh, when yeah. this happens. Uh, can we explore another way or yeah. something? It okay, It works really well. <laughs> okay. Second agreement is that we call for a pause when tension is rising yeah. or when we notice a tendency to explode, blame or complain also since i'm pregnant i hate the pause (laughs) because there is something in me that wants him really close and the Mm -hmm. moment when when we are in an argument and he leaves my body literally can go into Mm -hmm. panic so what's really important currently in our relationship when one of us calls for a pause and what we do then we call for the pause Maybe I go for a walk outside if I call it. Maybe he goes into Mm -hmm. the other room if he calls it. But specifically when he calls it now, it's really important for me that he tells me how long he needs Mm -hmm. to pause for. Otherwise, I get really really anxious. So he will then tell me I'm calling for a pause. I will come back here in 20 minutes and he will spend some time in his office or something.
1: Yeah, there's a... I would say there's even three words. I mean, mainly this is the one we use, but I would say number one would be slow down. Second would be pause. And the third one, which I don't use much anymore, there is stop. And sometimes stop is necessary when, for example, uh, pause is not honored. So we tend to get into this like uh, energies. Sometimes I literally need to say stop. So there's different ways how to communicate this, but it's important to give meanings to the words, to set an agreement. Okay, these words mean this, this word. So you create a clear intention, but specifically with the pause, I use it for a few reasons. One, if I feel her or me, there's a tension building up and we start to go into blame, shame, etc. So we start to more poke each other instead of really going to something constructive. But it starts to expand and I know where it might go. It might go into a whole different level of argument. So I notice that and I can call for a pause. And sometimes it's because, like I said, it's her. Sometimes I just feel myself. I'm reaching a point where if I cross that point of my patience, of my capacity, I might say things I cannot take back anymore. So I prefer also for myself to take a pause. I need a moment, I need 10 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, depends what that is. And I take my time and I come back when I'm regulated. So it's also for me, but sometimes for her. And it's just sometimes for us. I think it's just a good, okay, let's just take a minute. Yeah. No talking.
0: Because it helps to slow down. Because I think one of the things that happens in a conflict energy starts to rise and speed up. Mm And when we allow that to happen, it's very difficult to come out of that rising and speeding up. So when you slow down and call for that pause, it's also easier again to zoom out and see, okay, what's actually happening here? What is happening underneath the service and what is needed to come back into connection Mm. or find a solution Mm. together? I
1: will just add one more thing, which is maybe another podcast topic. But slow down, pause and stop might be also used in lovemaking in a good, really constructive way. So
0: <laughs> that's another episode. Yeah, that's another episode. But it's really good,
1: good words to use in specific moments uh, to take a breath. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for now.
0: Okay. So, first one was no blaming, no shaming, no complaining. Second one was call for a pause when tension is rising or we notice a tendency to explode or s- speed up. Third agreement check if anywhere inside you want to be right, because mm-hmm. this is something also. I think it's actually from uh, a friend Leonie and her program, this one. I'm not sure, but usually in the conflict, you both want to be right. You both want to be heard. You both feel unheard and you start to blame each other for it. So this third agreement, I remember that I think it was Leonie that she said in a conflict, you can either be right or be in connection. You cannot never be both. So if you can check where inside you are fighting to be right and see if you can relax that a little bit more, that in and of itself will already bring more Mm. breath and spaciousness and (coughs) connection. So where inside are you trying to be right and fight for it?
1: Yeah, and for me, this is a tricky one because it really asks for some emotional maturity, I would say. Yeah, And also to keep the ego in check, because I sometimes, well, I would say like this, sometimes perhaps I am right, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not always the point. It's not maybe perhaps something that will bring us together, even if I am right. So there's ways, and I would say there's practices and the approaches, and there's also moments when I can come to her after perhaps an argument, after we are calm, and I can actually share, hey, love, we go into the details, and yes, I might be right, but the point is, this is what happened. This is what occurred. This is what we can. You know, how are we going to approach this? But in the middle of the argument, it's not the best idea to try to claim that you're right. No. Often, it doesn't work. No. Okay, so it's more uh,
0: like putting oil on the fire, so more fire happens yeah. in the conflict.
1: Especially if I'm right, that puts even more fire to earth. So. <laughs>
0: Okay, that was number three. And we'll actually go a bit deeper into that when we go into how we mm-hmm. resolve conflict in a moment. But for now, just the four agreements. The fourth agreement, which is like, since I'm pregnant, everything is a bit amplified. So this fourth one is also really extra important for me mm-hmm. right now. Um, but also outside of the pregnancy, it's an important one for us. An agreement four is we don't go to bed in a conflict. Mm-hmm. We just don't. Unless we both agree that we need a night of sleep on it.
1: Yeah, because sometimes we may even get from an argument to a regulated calm state and connection, but still the topic is not resolved. Yeah. So sometimes we do need a night or two to, okay, what's the best to do? And I don't always have the solutions, neither does her. So we're like, okay, let's just drop it. Otherwise we just loop, loop, loop. So a good night's sleep can be really helpful. But like she says, at the moment... That doesn't really work, so we have to adapt. But ideally, you would go to bed, it's resolved. Yeah. And, and yeah, I strongly recommend when you argue, do not do it in bed. No. Do not do it. Make the bedroom a sacred space where that energy of conflict does not mix with with your... Yeah, something is very intimate. So if you have a conflict, make a set place. Perhaps a living room, somewhere you can do it. So do not argue in bed.
0: no. And I think we go also deeper into this one in the resolving of the conflicts, but sometimes what that might look like for us is that we have a conflict and then bedtime is coming Then we're not going to like stay up the whole night until it's resolved, Mm -hmm. but it might be that we just decide to pause the conflict and just have a few moments of uh, body connection or breathing Mm -hmm. together just so we know, okay, we're still here. We still love each other. The conflict is not resolved, but we will get back to it. Now we just want to have a good night's sleep, which is not always an easy one, which sometimes looks like we lay back to back in body connection and I don't really want to look at you, but we are in connection and I love you, but I don't like you right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, back to, we're going to share more, but yeah, back to back. Yeah, we will share more. There's many ways you can do that, so
0: we'll share more in our five ways on how we resolve conflict on how you can do that bodily connection Mm. yeah so these are the four agreements we have more agreements but just for this podcast episode to not make it a three-hour episode Mm. those are the four main ones that we use a lot actually
1: yeah i would say these are the main ones there's of course more there's certain details and tweaks and Uh, something that we picked out on the way but these are the main things that you need to know so you can create that already with yourself and your partner and they work but they need practice Yeah, they need practice
0: so in short, no blaming no shaming, no complaining was one number two, call for a pause when tension is rising number three, check if you somewhere want to be right in any way and see if you can drop that at least momentarily And number four, don't go to bed in a conflict and also don't have conflicts in the bed. Those are the agreements. Now we want to share with you five ways on how we resolve conflict. And also, I think this is a bit the result of five years trying different things out and coming to a place where these five actually work pretty well for us most of the time. Maybe not all of the time, but most of the time they are working pretty well.
1: Yeah, and giving grace to each other to make mistakes and to understand that this is something no one masters. It's something to practice over and over again. So to approach this, like well, okay, I give grace to myself and to you and our relationship, we're going to make mistakes. I'm still here, I love you. We messed up, but let's do it again and again until we learn how to do it. So
0: Yeah. So the first one, actually, we weren't sure I was, even before we started recording, I was like, should we put this in agreements or is this a way of resolving conflict? And I think maybe it's a little bit of both. It's the one Mm. of our weekly meeting. Maybe it's a bit of both, both conflict as well as a way to resolve conflict. Mm. Because one of the things I think, again, you were noticing is that there was a constant processing that was happening in our relationship. So it doesn't matter which day of the week, there was constantly the possibility that some new process would be opened or some new intense topic would rise to the surface or some new conflict could uh, get started. And so we started to notice also that we started to create connection through conflict and intensity in our relationship. And you, maybe you can share a bit more about that, how that was exactly for you. But I remember that you said, I want to create more peace and stability in our relationship. And therefore, I don't want to have the space all week long to go into processing and intensity. Let's set a weekly meeting Mm -hmm. for uh, discussing topics that are likely to create processing or conflict.
1: I think also with us specifically, because we are coaches, we do a lot of inner work, we do tend to meet in ourselves to begin with a lot of things happening in moving. Okay? So this is very important. Even if you're not doing that in life, it's important to still, and it works really well, have to have once a week a meeting that you know you can set a time. Specific days, we have it usually on Tuesdays, 4 to 5. We have meetings where we bring the things that popped up during the week. So we write it down, ideally, and we bring it to the meeting instead of like every day, which we had for for a while, we were processing all the time something new comes up, something new comes up again (laughs) and again. It's exhausting, really. So it's not efficient. It's not practical. It doesn't bring us more together. It just creates more distance. So this feels much more effective when you create a structure one day a week and you bring your things which you want to talk about. And then in the, in the rest of the time, feels more spacious, more time. Ah, I have more time to connect, more time to breathe out, to relax, to think more straight. Otherwise, there's a loop. And I would say like this, many of us, I'm sure you will recognize some of you yourself. I know I have when I was a child, I learned from my parents because they had a lot of conflicts between each other. I learned that tension is love and it's not. So I learned and I thought it's normal for many years, like I would see see them doing this over and over again. And then I caught myself in my own relationships doing the same, creating tensions unconsciously again and again and again, because I thought that is love. That is how you connect with the other. So that is something which I decided to remove out of my life and to create more structure, which is needed. And then that gives so much more space for growth for connection for relaxation which is important
0: yeah so yeah. what it looks like practically in short is that i have a note on my phone and i start to collect during the week instead of saying hey uh, did you already uh, wash the car that could be like something practical mm-hmm. or like i really don't like the amount of attention that you give me i want more attention or whatever it is mm-hmm. you know Practical, emotional, something that you want to revisit Mm. in your relationship. I just collect it in the notes and then we sit there and he does the same. And then on our Tuesday, we have our meeting and we set an intention. We agree that we will pause Mm. if the energy goes rising. And then we have our, we discuss these things.
1: Yeah, I would just add what something that works really well before we start actually that conversation. We take a moment to connect, usually by touch or an embrace, body-to-body or eye-gazing or taking deep breaths together to synchronize the nervous systems. And setting an intention, for example, for this meeting, my intention is to... Stay relaxed, stay connected to you. If the tension rises, invite us both to slow down or yeah. to pause. So you set a clear intention, which sets the tone for the conversation. It works really well. I know the difference between not doing that. Yes. So that's very important to begin with. And then, yeah, and then then again, you bring, like she said, practical things. And I learned this from Jordan Peterson, to bring every week to have at least one hour or hour and a half conversations about the family the house chores, about what needs to be resolved.
0: I mean, maybe irritations that have yeah. been happening that week.
1: Yeah. and I Things would, like that. Yeah. And I would say if perhaps you feel sometimes you cannot wait until Tuesday, you can name this to your partner. It feels too far. I feel this is very important. Can we have the conversation now? Yeah. Or tomorrow, or whatever that is. So that can also occur. So it's not strictly Tuesday only. We, you can modify but... Keep it as a one yeah. day a week.
0: And actually recently we forgot to start with the intention and the body connection and we ended up in a conflict. <laughs>
1: Which is a great example. I was literally, I, I told it later, I said,
0: oh, we forgot. <laughs> we
1: didn't do it. You see what happens when we don't do it. So please let's next time set an intention. We did it a bit too quick, like it's a chore. Don't yeah. make it a chore. Make it really not a practical thing. Make it a sacred moment still for you both because it will bring you together. So yes. it's not a, It's not a list. Check-in list, no. It's a moment for you both to meet.
0: Yeah, so weekly meeting with triggering topics or topics that are likely to bring up conflict for (laughs) processing. Okay, the second one is uh, the pause. We named it also in our agreements, but uh, Mm -hmm. we want to share a little bit more on how we use the pause to resolve conflict also. If I look back at the last few months, I can give an example of two times where I called for a pause i went for a walk outside so i think the main intention for this pause uh, that you can both call for is to reset yourself to clear out any tension or as much as possible of the tension and to find more spaciousness within yourself so for me in the last few months what helped me is just to go outside go for a walk like I said, I have some of the waves of big hormones and then I don't know where they take me. But if I go outside and I cry and I just walk and feel the fresh air, it always helps me to come back more refreshed and reset.
1: Yeah, from a, just to explain a bit from a different perspective, which is a nervous system perspective, you have the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So sympathetic is the attack, is the defend, is the flight, is, is all of these modes which are quite automatic in your system so what we want is to move from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic which is rest which is calm and you do that in specific ways a walk is a beautiful way or we can name we're going to name now a few but just realizing that again takes practice to feel or the other one can remind each other like hey love i feel that's why we call the pause We take a moment whatever that is for you to really regulate yeah regulate and come back to because from there, you can actually think. From there, you can connect. From there, you can you can find space to be, you know, to re- resolve.
0: And respond uh, right. instead of react. I think yes. one of the things that you go into when you are in a conflict, you start to react to each other. Mm. And when you take that pause and that space to breathe and slow down, you can come back to a place of responding mm. to each other again. So going for a walk is one. We go into separate rooms in the house sometimes. Yeah. I also remember, I haven't done this in a while, but I remember a few times in conflict, I would say, I need a moment. And then I go to my room and I start hitting some pillows just to release the anger from my body in a different way than releasing it onto him. I release it onto the pillows. That's one example. And another example, we also didn't do this much recently anymore, but I know in the first few years, I have a few examples where where we would actually create a conscious space to move the energy in a different way than attacking verbally. Mm-hmm. I remember one example where we would wrestle together. Uh, I think it was in the time where we lived in New Eden. I think
1: we did it a few times only. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> I loved it. I'm not such a big fan of it, but I understand it can work sometimes. Yeah, we don't use it anymore. I feel there's more no. efficient ways, but it can work. So you can try it on. So Yeah.
0: And I remember also that you would allow me to push your hands, so I would yeah. like literally push the like, like a frustration I had maybe and then push onto your hands and you would give counter pressure, yeah. but you need to be in a regulated space for that because if you're still in too much of the conflict, then these will not really work
1: yeah on that, so for example, if she feels tension in her body and she wants to maybe the response or the opposite. But let's say if this is the case, she wants to maybe attack or say a lot of things to me. Another option is non-verbal. You can let down the voice, but not words. So I would put the hands and she would put the other one and she starts to push. So I give enough resistance so she feels a bit of space to push, but I'm not like overpowering her because I can, of course, but I'm not. So I'm giving her space to just release and she can voice it. She can move, she can do all these things and it's very effective because it allows her to move the energy and sometimes she cannot do it alone because emotion release techniques like hitting the pillow or stomping the floor. Sometimes the body is in such a freeze that it needs the other person to co-regulate. It cannot self-regulate. So these are some effective techniques we can do together and I would say from my own perspective, I recommend personally that... If there's this hand-to-hand and she's screaming in your direction,
0: I, I don't think I ever screamed in your
1: direction. Well, scream? As direct in, direction. like ah, just to, really yeah, sound. to release. Yeah, making
0: sounds to release, but not like continuing the argument no, and no, scream no, 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 no. at your partner. I, I don't mean that.
1: I mean more like just putting sound, making in front. sounds and
0: breath. Yeah.
1: I definitely recommend that women can do that. I don't always recommend that for men to do that to women, mainly because the nervous system is more dense in men. It's an evolutionary thing. So often the woman cannot fully take all that energy. She's her body is not built. She can, but it creates different impact in the body and the nervous system. So I definitely recommend more for men if they have that frustration, not to put it towards the woman, but to face, for example, the side and to smash the floor or whatever or the yeah. pillow, but not directly towards the woman.
0: That's a good one, love. I like that. Okay, so we want to share number three and number four and. It sometimes happens that first is three and then four, but sometimes we have first four and then three. So we will share both of them, but sometimes they're flipped in order depending on the situation, depending on what we need, or depending on how it naturally flows. Number three is prioritize connection first without talking. This one, like especially in the last few months, I've seen conflicts resolve without even needing to speak any words about it. And this for me was very interesting because in all these examples where the conflict would just resolve without needing to speak even anything about it and genuinely feeling cleared out around it uh, was when we would go into bodily connection. I think one of the things that it does, the bodily connection, is communicating, I'm still here, I still love you, I remember that we are on the same team, in essence we want the same thing for each other in our relationships. Uh, So this coming together in physical connection and, if possible, breathing together, like Nemanja said, helps to regulate and calm down the nervous system. Now, this is not always possible when we're super triggered. So sometimes bodily connection, what it looks like is that Nemanja can come to me and I think also you are better at this than I am. Um, oh yeah. but he, <laughs> he comes to me yeah. and then he just offers his hand and immediately the moment where he offers his hand, something just melts and relaxes mm. me. And then I give my hand and we just hold hands for a while. Mm. And then the, the tension kind of just melts out of the space. Like we said, sometimes it's before we go to bed and we are too triggered to face each other, but then we lay back to back. Uh, in connection with each other. And we mm-hmm. feel each other's breath. We remember that we love each other. Maybe we don't like each other fully now, but we love each other. Mm-hmm. And we can go to sleep from a relaxed or as much as possible relaxed place.
1: Yeah. It creates safety in the moment. And often we, when we get triggered and all these things that come up, we often to feel unsafe. And to just, for example, like she said, a hand or if... If for example, if you have a capacity in that moment, which is not always easy, but it can happen, I know myself for then we were, and I just literally just get up or after the break, I just come to her and I just hug her. I just yeah. hold in my arms and there's no words because the body in that moment will speak so much louder than words and create like <sighs> breathing out, so I feel that's I would even say that's a often responsibility of a man. So because men have this beautiful capacity, women too, to hold the masculine uh, structure, but men especially have this natural to hold, to create that safe space, just to embrace her, hold her, that's it. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to say, you don't need to explain, just hug her. And it, it's, it works magic. It works really well. Most of the time. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't work, yeah, fine. It's, you try different ways, but with practice and allowing that to happen, it's, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah so sometimes after we've done a pause we come back into the connection by hugging each other sometimes maybe we lay with our like we lay flat together with our bellies touching so that we can feel each other's breath
1: yeah belly to belly sometimes
0: we hold hands for a bit mm. uh, sometimes maybe just body connection without necessarily hugging or doing anything uh, but anything that includes physical connection basically mm.
1: Yeah, last but not least, I would say, especially this part of belly-to-belly, belly, when you connect with your body to the side, you connect your bellies literally, and you start to breathe. It doesn't need to be perfect, synchronized, but just breathing together, automatically it has amazing impact on the nervous system, it relaxes you, yeah. melts you down, and often things are resolved very, very quick after that.
0: So. Yeah. yeah, and no talking, that's the important part of this number three, no talking during this physical connection yeah okay number four is do a share from vulnerability do a share from vulnerability Mm -hmm. and like remanje also said that he can receive me so much better when i share myself from vulnerability instead of from you this and you that and from the place of attack Mm -hmm. and vulnerability is a way of communicating that is inarguable so that means um, this, again, is also from her friend, Leonie Gabriela, from her program. But it means that if you communicate something to your partner and your partner can say, no, that is not true, then it's not inarguable. Inarguable means, I noticed when that happened, I felt very insecure. Then he cannot really say, no, that's not true, because this is my experience that is happening in my body, in my emotional body. Or I noticed when you said that, I felt really, really sad, and i didn 't know how to respond, right, so you communicate from your feelings in a way that is inarguable
1: yeah, this is especially I would say for women, this is very important to learn how to well, for both men and women, of course, but I notice for me as a man to to receive her in this way hey she 's being vulnerable she 's opening up, no matter what happened, so whatever happened before not, that doesn 't matter what detail but I feel I can really, ah, it invites me also as a man to, I feel almost like my spine is becoming more erect, like I feel more open, more soft, more ready to hold her and to receive her in all that that it is without gaslighting her, but like really, okay, this is what's happening in your body. I can understand that. And that's a good way to break down the ice and just to move to the next next uh, place, to, which is uh, repair.
0: Yeah. I do think it's also nice for me as a woman to receive your vulnerability. So I understand what you say that what you're saying about the men, but I also notice when you communicate yourself vulnerably, that it's actually also easy for me to receive Mm. you. But maybe what you mean is that you don't necessarily have to share like all your vulnerabilities upon me, but maybe the ones that are relevant for the argument is actually also important. Mm. no?
1: Yeah, again, depends moment to moment. I would say like this there's different school of thought on this specific yeah. topic about men being vulnerable. So what does that actually mean? Or being emotional. And there's different ways to approach this. What we have in our relationship, we do have that freedom, and we have, I would say, the maturity to be vulnerable and to be clear also what's actually happening. Sometimes for her, she doesn't fully understand maybe what I'm saying. I'm trying, I know it's multiple times to approach it from different ways to explain. She doesn't fully understand me. So sometimes the language that she needs is a bit different than what I can offer. So for her, perhaps the language or more emotional language or vulnerable works better. Mm. And uh, this can be quite, quite beautiful. And I would say to get there, there's a practice of tracking. I'm not going to go into the details, but practice of simply explained taking deep breath, just noticing what's happening in your body, scanning your body. Okay, I feel a bit, for example, tense in my heart. I feel a bit closed. Yes. Just tracking what's happening.
0: And so, voicing that.
1: Yeah, you can also do some, mainly it's for yourself, but also you can voice it out. Because when you can track, you can stay conscious of the moment, stay conscious of your body, and then things are much easier than unresolved. And again, back to connection. So tracking is very important. And one of the most difficult things, to be honest, that exists to, to do on an emotional mastery uh, team.
0: Yeah. yeah. So do a share from vulnerability that is inarguable, meaning without blaming, shaming, complaining, mm. um, but really from your own uh, what you're experiencing in your own body. What really helps also when when we do vulnerable shares is that the other repeats some of the things that they hear you say. So when mm. I do my vulnerable share. Then Nemanja can literally say, I hear you say that, and then he repeats some of the Mm. things that I shared. And this really can support the feeling that I am heard, that he's listening to me. And I notice it relaxes me when he repeats. He doesn't have to repeat everything, but just repeats some of the important things that I share, and then that communicates to my body, okay, I'm received, Mm. I'm heard.
1: Mm. And she can hear from my mouth what she actually said, yeah. which often when we say it from our own mouth, maybe we don't fully understand what we actually said or what, what's happening. When we speak it out, they repeat it. They're like, ah, actually now I realize even more what's what's going on.
0: Exactly. It's a really beautiful
1: practice. To do. Simple but powerful.
0: Yeah. And then number five, I think this is quite a new one for us. I don't think we did this one as active as we do it re- since recently. Number five is do a short check-in after the conflict is resolved and see what you can learn from the argument mm-hmm. and how you can prevent or solve it faster next time. I think this one has been really helpful. Even last week, I remember we were sitting down and and you said like, okay, what can we learn from this argument and what can we implement moving forward to either prevent it from happening again or make sure to resolve it even faster next time.
1: Yeah, I initiated this one because I noticed a certain loop that we're doing, a certain loop of, okay, we have an argument, we do resolve it. But then I, I sometimes felt a bit like, okay, so what, what did we actually learn? And sometimes I write it down. I notice I write it down, but I, decide, I decided from now on, no, I want to do it together. So when we repeat it together, we both scan and analyze a little bit what happened. We both verbalize it. We both learn from it. Next time, hopefully, it will be less or not repeating because looping is, again, you don't want to have a looping again and again and again your whole lives. You want to break the pattern. And you break the pattern by speaking of it, see what happened, and set an intention for next time how you want to do it
0: yeah and keep that simple i would say i think that's that's also one thing that is important keep it simple just like okay i think last time you said well i noticed the moment when you communicated yourself vulnerably i actually could receive you and then the conflict just resolved itself Hmm. so that was a reminder for next time to start communicating my vulnerabilities sooner instead of first going through the whole conflict and the whole pause and the Mm. whole like you this, you that, and then Mm. coming back like fully depleted from all the arguing and then doing the vulnerable share. (laughs) Mm. Maybe we can just start with that next time. Just a simple Mm. noticing of what actually happened and how can we do that better next time.
1: Yeah, and I noticed when I did say that, she was like, huh Really, also, oh, so it means she also learns. So to speak, through my reminder, correction, whatever you want to call it, she learns from that. So next time she's more aware. Again, this is how we build together consciousness, awareness around these teams. Yeah, training together.
0: So just repeating all five of them briefly. Number one is to set up a weekly meeting or a weekly sacred moment to bring the topics that are likely to create conflict or intensity or processing in the relationship and collect them for that one moment a week. So you're not the whole week in conflicts or risk for conflict or intense topics and processing. Uh, Number two, take the pause when tension starts to build and find ways to reset yourself by taking the walk, going into separate rooms, hitting on a pillow or whatever works for you. Prioritize bodily connection first without talking, that really helps you to regulate your nervous system, to breathe out together, and sometimes it might resolve the whole conflict without actually not needing to talk about it at all. Mm -hmm. Number four, do a share from vulnerability, meaning from your own bodily experience without blaming, complaining or shaming the other, and allow the other to repeat some of the things that you've shared. And then the fifth one, do a short check-in after a conflict is resolved to see what you can learn from the argument and how to prevent it or solve it faster next time. Those are the five ways on how we work with conflict. We do want to close with one practice that we really love, that we do daily, that I would say... I don't know if it prevents conflicts or if it solves conflicts, but it definitely helps to shift the focus from everything that you still need to grow into as a couple or all the things that are not working to bring the focus to the things that are actually really beautiful and that are actually working really well. And for that, we do a daily practice seven days a week, no matter if we are arguing or not arguing or feeling connected or disconnected, we always do this practice. And that is to share three things that we feel grateful about. Three things that we feel grateful about that cannot be about work. It has to include at least two at the moment out of three that are about each other and our relationship. And one of them, one of those two is appreciation. So, for example, I say, today I feel really grateful that you took me out for dinner for my birthday, which was yesterday at the moment we record this. And then I can say, I also feel really grateful for sleeping in today because I had much more time to rest and enjoyed the spaciousness. And then the number three is appreciation. And appreciation is something specifically about a quality that Nemanja embodies or something that he has been doing that day that I really appreciate. It could look like this. What I really appreciate about you is your ability to come and hug me when we are in a conflict and maybe you don't feel like it at all, but you do it anyway because you prioritize connection. And, and then we, he will ask me why, yeah, because I we can. always do the appreciation yeah. with the reason why we yeah. appreciate that. The reason why I appreciate you doing that is because it helps me to relax my body where sometimes I find that difficult to initiate that myself. Mm. And it helps me to feel immediately connected to you again and it reminds me that you love me even when we have a conflict
1: (laughs) and then when i can my part is to listen without interrupting without saying anything simply being in connection sharing and in the end i say thank you thank you for so much for sharing yes so that's the part of that she would do, and I would just add. It can be three things. It can be also five things. Yes, so,
0: it can be five. Sometimes we have a lot.
1: Sometimes I just share, like, oh, I appreciate. It doesn't need to be always, of course, with us. Sometimes I shared the first three about myself. I had this. I had that. I had, and then I share something about us. So we, there's always something in connection to us
0: and among, one appreciation yeah, among
1: the personal things. So it's, yeah. it's something that is a. Uh, I listen to a lot of research about gratitude. So when we're grateful for things in our lives. There's so much that changes within us, even in our chemistry, but also it just brings brings us closer together.
0: Yeah, but it cannot include work because we don't bring arguments to the bed and we don't bring work to the bed. So no work can be something about you personally, something about you together. And one appreciation. And Mm. then both of you share at least three. So sometimes when we didn't resolve the conflict fully and like we are back to back. (laughs) A little bit pissed off, not liking each other, Mm. but still loving each other. And then we say, I feel grateful for this, this, and this. Good night.
1: (laughs) But we still did it.
0: We still did it. (laughs) We still
1: did it. uh, And I would say... This is 90, I guess, 8% we do it right before we turn off the light, yeah. we fall asleep. So we do it in bed. It's a nice tradition. Sometimes we do it maybe previously in the living room. Yeah. But overall, we lay down in bed, we relax, we share this. That's how we close the day. So it's like a little ritual.
0: Yes. And then if you like that, we actually did one episode before. It's episode number 20. Um, episode 20 is about four tips on how to make space for a deeply aligned relationship and nine ways to take care of the connection. And these three things you're grateful about is one of those nine things that we share in that episode. And if you like that, check out that episode and we will share eight more ways on how you can take care of the connection in your relationship. Yeah, I think we want to thank you so much for being with us today. I think the reason also why we do this around the holidays is because we noticed that most of our arguments were happening on the weekend. Huh?
1: <laughs> Interesting, yeah. I noticed that recently most of our, small, doesn't matter what kind of conflict, but usually it happens in moments of relaxation. Yeah. And there's different research on that, uh, but I would say when we start to relax, we are more perhaps open to share specific things and we want to bring it but it's beautiful again what i shared before to check in with your partner and again move it for the weekly weekly meeting yeah you can also communicate hey there's this topic i would like to communicate i'm not sure if it's for tuesday or now you can mention what it is and then i have the right to respond "Mm, maybe not now let's leave it for tuesday
0: yeah, but the so, reason why I wanted to bring this up is because we are going into the holidays and we also want to wish you Merry Christmas and beautiful holidays. Also. But because for many of us, there will be more free time in the holidays. So may this episode help you to go through the holidays. And if you go through a conflict, to argue less, uh, faster and better.
1: I would say there's nothing wrong with a conflict. Yeah, I would even say, and some, some psychologists that I follow, they would even say it's even necessary to have it like a one, let's say you have two weeks of no conflicts. It's good to have one moment of just a bit of just bring more energy. But I, again, invite you to practice to do it in a way that is meant to connect you both. Yeah. So it's not to create tension. It's just like a moment of like, like it's a natural, I would not say it's an unnatural thing, it's a natural thing. And it's even connected to polarity a little bit. But again, there's a, there's a ways how to practice to do it in a good way and uh, to also make it playful, not to take it too seriously, just to bring a bit more playfulness. Ah, Okay, now we're having another one. Okay, let's see how we can do this better this time.
0: So. That's a good one. That should be number six on how to resolve conflict. We actually do that more recently also, just also to bring some laughter into it, you know, and that make it a bit light. doesn't always work, but in some conflicts it actually does work. Just to remember that we don't have to take it so seriously. Yeah. You know, we love each other and it's all good. So, yeah, bring some laughter into it. All right, guys, wish you beautiful holidays, beautiful Christmas and beautiful entrance into the new year. And we'll see you again, maybe with another episode next year. See Let's see. You next year. <laughs> Much love. Bye. Did you receive any inspiration, motivation, or powerful breakthroughs by listening to this episode? Then please share this episode by taking a screenshot and tagging me in your stories at nicole.nima.costeres. I would love to celebrate you, share you in my stories, and it would mean so much to have my work reach more powerful, passionate women like you. Thank you so much and looking forward to see you next week.